The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The life of the church is established by a certain rhythm. We have a weekly rhythm as we gather here for divine service. We also have a daily rhythm here at St. John that is defined by morning Eucharist. The church year provides a rhythm as we are guided through the different seasons and festivals. All of it rests on the foundation of Jesus Christ, his cross and his empty tomb. The Gospels draw us into this reality that substantiates that rhythm. As we confess in the Nicene Creed, we reflect on the incarnation, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Today, I would like us to think about what the incarnation means, particularly in view of the encounter that Jesus has with the Canaanite woman. This text gives us pause as we listen to the dialogue and the responses that Jesus gives to the woman. When we consider Matthew's gospel, no other New Testament document represents Jesus upholding the law so extensively as this one. Jesus confirms the law on several occasions in this gospel. We are reminded by this gospel that the ancient world had a particular understanding of community and rhythm and how strongly one's identity was tied to their community. The dialogue that we see in this text between Jesus and the woman comes to the forefront with this reality in mind. There was the Jewish community defined by the law of Moses and then there was the Canaanite woman. One of the questions of this text concerns why 
Mark's rendering of this calls her the Syrophoenician woman, and Matthew calls her the Canaanite. Since Matthew is writing his gospel for a Jewish audience, aid to a Canaanite woman would bring back a certain connotation from Genesis chapter 9, which says, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. It is this reality that's at work in this gospel. This Genesis text would immediately come to mind among the Jewish listeners. Gregory of Nazianzen from the 300s, in preaching on this text, referred to the woman as having the Canaanite soul, which describes to us what the Jewish person would have been thinking. If the Jewish convert thought that Jesus had come only for the Jews, then this text would give them pause. But Jesus remained silent and seemingly unwilling to help for a good part of the conversation. Jesus is testing the Canaanite woman, but Matthew is using the text to test the faith of his Jewish hearers. Jesus likes to work this way, even with us. We get uneasy over our Lord's perceived silence. It is when we pray and ask God for help and then await amid the deafening silence that we find that faith is strengthened. Our convictions grow. Our eyes open wider. We become more attentive and our gaze toward Jesus becomes more direct, more insistent. It is precisely in these moments when we seem to waver in faith that faith actually cries out and manifests itself. We await our Lord's response and his entrance to the situation at hand. The beauty of this text is noted for the words of Jesus when he says, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And then the woman's response, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. It has every bearing for us as well. We think of the Lord's table and how he brought us from the Passover meal, which was for the Jews, and he gave the Eucharist for all who have been baptized, catechized, and confessed this faith, regardless of national or cultural identity. In fact, the beauty of this text is seen in its subtleties. The woman's plea begins in this way. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. She recognizes the Jewish lineage of Jesus and that he is the one promised from of old. Matthew is demonstrating his pedagogical skill as an apostle. Jesus absolves the woman and says, Great is your faith. And then the end of the text takes us back to the beginning when Matthew tells us 
and her daughter was healed from that very hour. What is Matthew doing? He is demonstrating to his Jewish audience that the woman is asking for Jesus, the son of David, to cast out the demons from the Gentiles. Save my people, the woman is saying. This brings to mind the incarnation and Jesus taking on flesh and entering our world, our locale, our lives. Matthew is demonstrating this beautiful incarnation and God taking on human form to enter the world of the Gentiles. In the birth of Jesus and his victorious human life, humanity is realized. Everything that Christ has done from his becoming man to the final consummation is a continual giving of himself to humanity. Even the Canaanites, the Gentiles, you and me. When you look at your life and you recall your sins, do you consider yourself to be unworthy of the crumbs that fall from the Lord's table? Do you think your sins, your particular sins, to be too great to dine at the banquet table of our Lord? Then this gospel is for you, and the Canaanite woman speaks for you. Just as the Lord hears the petitions of the Canaanite, he hears your petitions and confessions. Cast out our demons, we cry, and it is done. It is done in holy baptism as the water flows over the lip of the font, as we remember that we were dunked in that font as we that now rest clothed in Christ's righteousness. Your life is filled now with the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. You are his as he absolves you of all of your sins. Let it be to you as you desire, Jesus says. Matthew's gospel gives us a particular glimpse into the fruit of the Incarnation as we see the depths of Christ's coming into the world to save humanity. The Son of God's Incarnation and breaking into this world cuts against the world's notion of truth and what it means to be in community. His Incarnation, life, death, and resurrection define our being as we are now gathered in the communion of saints. In the church, the power of the risen is not something which belongs only to himself, but Christ gives all that he has to his body, the church. We rest now as the recipients of these holy gifts as we are led forward to the table that has been set out of his great love for you. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.